afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Little Ethel Merman there. Just broke into Ethel Merman. Don't do Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman went out of style when Ethel Merman, you know, went out of style, which was like probably the 40s. I know, but sometimes I I feel like I channel certain people sometimes. Yesterday, I was channeling an Irishman. Please don't channel Ethel Merman. As Today, lovely Merman. and as much as she it's contributed to musical spirit, musical theater, yeah. you, we don't need to hear more of her. Huh. What, what if I told you channeling Ethel was the meaning of my life? And today's show then is I about would finding... I politely nod and walk away and bring... <laughs> that sounds rude. I bring uh, ear, ear, earplugs. Earplugs next time. So you would just... So it doesn't matter what Matt's meaning is. You just walk away. You're the producer. You're the executive. <laughs> I would smile and nod. I felt like that was kind. No. And I could stand in that booth over You're there that to... we have. It's even called the producer's booth. And yeah. I could just be like in the natural habitat there and but... avoid the ethyl Okay. Well. Okay. See, so now I feel like I can't bring out my inner purpose. Well. I need to stuff. See, but here's the thing. My purpose. You can bring out your inner purpose. Okay. At times when it's more appropriate. You know what's sad is I will never do Ethel again. <laughs> yeah, I felt a lot of hostility against Sorry, that. I really yeah. have strong opinions about S- Ethel Merman. Somebody... Have you ever seen It's a Mad, Bad, Bad, Bad World? Yes. Probably. She is so irritating in that movie. As great as that film is, <laughs> like, it is fantastic. Oh. Some of the best slapstick ever. Half of the cast were irritating in that movie. They're going mad, Merritt. They're supposed to be yeah, annoying. Yeah, it's a mad, but mad, none mad, of them mad world. are as irritating as Ethel Merman. Maybe. Well, the vibrato. It's the vibrato. In, in kind of like that nasally, yeah. like, punch you in the face quality of her voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, whatever. Like I said, she contributed a lot. Nothing against her. No, she's a great human being. Yeah, it's okay, Matt. I believe in your being. life meaning See, of Ethel Merman. James. Yeah. You get it. I do. I feel like I do. You get my nasally vibrato. You guys should have, like, an Ethel Merman convention. Uh, just... Already do. It ain't okay. not so surprising. <laughs> Whoa. He's Irish and he can sing. He's Whoa, our great, was... yeah. He, he's the, he makes, he's the sound guy. He makes all the sound. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> he's the sound guy. Except for you two when you did your, your Let It Go song, which was beautiful, which I still, we still laugh about in the shop. I think it might get old. One of these days, nope. and yeah. we'll have something new to laugh about. We'll have about. something new to laugh about. <laughs> Maybe like tomorrow we'll have something new no. to laugh about. No, because, again, James would never put something on the air that would embarrass me or the Matt Townsend show. Because you do that yourself. I let <laughs> Just me... kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Matt. Oh, man. This is, James, we got to make some changes. <laughs> These ladies are getting Girl, crazy. Girl, rule. <laughs> hey, um, today's show we're talking... Sorry, I had to gong that. Did you gong that? Yes, I did. See you, Jess. That's our first gong, isn't it? That's the first gong ever. I introduced it. I should be the first one to get a gong. Congratulations. That means, isn't that mean you're removed from the show today? And you're the producer. Half your show is gone. Yeah, if if Jess is gone, we're in trouble. Then Maddie's (laughs) ad-libbing. Yep, everything. Hey, um, you guys, today's show, Meaning of Life, piece of cake, right? Somebody came up. That's a big question, and and we're going to nail it today. Are we? So what are we doing, Jess? Oh, I'm going to start talking about the stuff I prepared. 
Well, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that's called a segue. So I just tossed it to you, and then you just, yeah. That's my cue. That's I right. just have that's to address right. no, that, my that cue. That segue hit you right in the forehead. Maybe Jess should be gone today. Yeah. <laughs> All James, right. Maybe James is standing too close. Moving forward. I'm, it's a tight space in here. It's You're getting good. hot. You're okay. Um, interesting story. Are there any news stories about people and the meaning in of life? In fact, there is. Um, Let's hear Okay, something. I have this incredible story that's unbelievable. These are true stories. These are very true. They happened within the last week. Cool. Um, a baby was born. Okay. And sadly it died. Where? Where was this? Uh, don't ask me questions. I can't okay. answer. It was in a place. James will watch by, while you tell the story. That James means, will check That it means out. I'd have to read the whole that's story. That's okay. Let James. No, I'm just kidding. It's in Canada. Okay. So in Canada, a baby is born, dies. Yeah. And then um, they, you know, just kind of. They tried to probably work. They tried to help the baby. They did what they could and then they called it quits. 25 minutes later, the baby comes back. 25 minutes after they call it quits, the baby comes back to life. And all that they can give tribute to is the aunt started praying. Then they give credit to God. That's great. Isn't that a crazy story? See, that though? is a crazy cool story. I See can't that imagine. we need more of those. Right. Okay, well I have more of those. Okay. Um by the way, meaning of life, how does that tie in? Oh, well that's I mean What's that's the meaning all I so think, of it? Yeah, that child the rest of their life's gonna have to deal with the fact that you know what? They are a superhero child. They, they were died. meant to be They're here. meant to be the boy who meant lived. to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. That mom oh, that's not trademarked. <laughs> exactly. That aunt will forever be believing in a god that saved the baby yeah that i'm sure that inspired them great um another one i love this story because it just shows um that so many people can come together in one cause on a plane a baby um, i don't know why these are babies i know why are you so anti-baby there's a lot of exciting stories about babies this is this is my coming out this is i'm just kidding i'm not you're declaring the meaning of your life would be a baby (laughs) okay the story um (laughs) so they're on a plane and the grandma is holding the baby and he turns purple that's not good. luckily there were two people on the plane that knew what to do but everybody on the plane was getting involved they all were you know concerned about this the grandma is hysterical um and they bring the baby back to life they all deboard the plane, and I'm oh, sure wow. they were all feeling super unified after that. Yeah. They all were t- crying. How cool is that? Have you ever landed in a city where everyone cheered cause when the plane landed? Have you ever been in a plane where there was almost a tragedy or a – I was in a plane that was struck by lightning. Whoa. I know. Tell me about it. Sometimes when there's a lot of turbulence, I think that my life is going to end. You and cheer. I'm like, these are the people I'm going to die with. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and you look around. Oh, I'm going to die with you? <laughs> I don't even know you. That's going to be the psycho yeah. that goes crazy. I was, when this mine starts. was struck by lightning for real. Wow. And then the plane had to abandon. They were about to land. So they aborted the landing. They took off again, circled around. The pilot got on. is like, whoa. <laughs> we were just struck by lightning. Oh, that's cool. And we seem to be okay. So we're so going to circle around. After... Uh-huh. We're going to do that one more time. <laughs> but And then I'm like, can someone have this lady remove her hands? From my arm because she had dug her fingernails in. Actually, she dug one hand in and was doing the rosary with the other hand. Scary. Meaning of life right then. Right. And then when we landed, everyone cheered. Bonding. Have you guys – this is I, this isn't one of the stories, but have you guys seen those stories of the – I don't – it's controversial, but they have this stranger's kiss. 
Yeah, I saw that that video. And a lot of people are just like, it's the beauty of being able to, because we're around strangers all the time. Yeah, that's weird. I just thought it was interesting. Well, you know, another really good one that I saw, and I feel like this one's less controversial if you want to get to it, but um, it was a photographer went into the streets of New York and would gather random people and ask them to take pictures post like families. Oh, really? And so he would take people who look completely different, completely walks of life. Like one was um, a homeless man with a very successful looking businesswoman. And they had them pose with their arms around each other. And and it was just amazing to see within a few. The photographer would have them talk for a few seconds uh, just about their lives and stuff and how connected they looked just after a few seconds. And so I don't know, because when I saw that, it really put into perspective to me. It's like. Okay, we need to take a step back and get out of our own little world and look at what's bigger and better yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's a huge part of it is being able to look around you. Because so many times we're like, oh, I have this going on and this going on and then I'm going to do this. Yeah. But when you look up from, you know, just your paper that you're looking at or whatever and yeah. look at the people around you, I think that that's a I'm gonna st- I'm going to start one. I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a new fad where we get homeless people. Oh, no, we, we just take people off the street and we have them kiss, and we take their picture. So we get both of those sites. Too much. Okay. And then we put them in the house and start a reality TV show. Called Big Called. Sister instead of Big Brother. Wow. That's your favorite show, you guys, right? You guys stole my thunder. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell anybody that one, that part. Oh, really? well. What were you going to say, Maddie? I was going to say, I feel like those videos, I've seen different ones like that, and they just really put into perspective that the meaning of your life doesn't have to be just about you. Oh, it's cool, yeah. Everyone can have the same kind of meaning to help other people yeah. and like to be kind to other people. No mm-hmm. matter what your life is like, the meaning of your life can yeah. be Huge bigger. Point. We're all in this together kind of thing. Yeah, we're all on the same team. We're all just trying to make it through life. Like We don't have to I like that. be against how do you, each other. How do, you, how do you suppose you figure out your meaning? Because like I've tried to give my children their meaning of life. And they don't seem to listen. <laughs> they don't seem to take it like I want them to. Uh, they like they get all irritable and like I'm not going to do that. And then I got to get all over them. Those of you not in the studio didn't just see the fact that Maddie turned the mic toward me as soon as she yeah. heard that question. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Apparently, I should have something. You can to tell say. when I Maddie's really by the microphone because you'll <laughs> always hear the microphone so squeaking. Oh my! I'm about to turn it. <laughs> No, Merit's philosophical. She knows the answer to this. Philosophical. You jumped out of that. How do you find the meaning of life? Um, We're going to be talking about that a lot today with our guest, who is Dr. Alexander Patakos. And um, also, I have a block later today about finding the meaning in life. And I think a lot of it just really comes down to uh, where you prioritize and what you would give other things for, what you would sacrifice for. But a lot of times, I don't know, I feel like that's really clouded, especially amidst daily. The daily Life. grind. Yeah. You know, I, we were joking yesterday. I hate doing laundry. I hate it. Why? I love well, it. Well, okay, here's the thing. If I had a washer and dryer no, in my own home, I would love doing laundry. Because really? I like no, folding really? laundry. And you, I like, what? you like folding it? Why? Yeah, it's just relaxing and I feel productive. I like the warm But here's the thing. The fact body. that I'm a college student and I have to go to a laundromat negates all of that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like life is really pointless whenever I'm doing laundry. See, but that's that's one way to find out what your meaning is, is to know what you think is meaningless. It's true. So if you know what's meaningless, then you're probably, you know, just do the opposite. <laughs> just do that. So go get your clothes dirty. Get my clothes dirty. Yeah, it's the opposite of cleaning okay. your clothes. Hmm? There we have it's it. true, but then I'd have to clean more of them. Good point. <laughs> clothes, meaningless. 
Uh, you know what I think is meaningless, and you'll die eating. I because <laughs> waste I was say, of I love... time and experience and existence. Are you kidding me? No, and I'm. A, I you would think I would like to eat. People no, center their lives around food. My it life is centered around food. Like yeah. my life is only meaningful when there's food in my mouth. So like right now, none of this matters. Wow. <laughs> it's... It seems very opinion. shallow. Well, see, but see, that's another thing. For me, it matters. I love preparing food. I love tasting food. I love really? the stuff. Like, because when, for me, food is not only just, it's fuel for your body, which yeah. is, you know, it's a good way to view it. But it also has some other, like, artistic elements yeah. to it, cultural elements to it, and lots of social elements to it. Well, I, li- I like every one of those other elements, yeah. except the food part. Like, let's just sit, to, let's sit around and talk. We need to get you some better food. And this is like a, this is a stab to your wife. No, but see, <laughs> but honestly, it's, I would rather just sit with my family than sit around a meal with my family. Well, you know what? That shows your priorities. I'd right rather there. shoot hoops with my boys. Then shoot Pop like, Tarts in the morning. What about the best food you've ever tasted? Yeah, sure. That wasn't worth your time? So you never watch those like the show. Those, yeah, never for those moments. What about like birthday cake? Doesn't that have like Hate significance it. to way you? Way too sugary. <laughs> oh, my. No, but the birthday, fantastic. I think everyone ought to have one. It's just, <laughs> Every once in a while. See, so watch maybe. how weird that is. Like the the dinner part, the meal part is not. It's not that big of a deal to me. Well, here's here's another one I find meaningless: running. Part of that has to do <laughs> with the fact that I have severely messed up feet, so I actually like cannot physically yeah. run without breaking my ankles don't but, do that yeah it would be bad but i always find running kind of pointless because i feel like agrees. like running yeah. you you do that when you're being chased or yeah. you're trying to escape yeah, where does you it don't get just, you like, you just run in a circle and then That's yay it. you did it all like, you need to do is stand at the finish line of a marathon and you realize That's it's true. not a you know, pleasant well, thing. It's so true. <laughs> These people, people like, are throw so up sick and yeah. they dehydrated yeah. and crawling See, and dry thing, heaving it's hiking I love hiking. Okay, see, I can I, hike all day. Again, I find I could hiking walk around meaningless. The city. I love stuff like that. When there's Do a destination, you? okay, I'm, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, not but me. But just just running for the sake of running doesn't make sense to me. If I was running to do something, still running. I love walking. Do you? Yeah, because there's more observation going yeah, on yeah. there. You You're can taking talk with more people. In. I love nothing more than I don't know, just driving around in a car. Looking at people running and walking. <laughs> you know what? I love that. I have spent the last few weekends driving up um, Provo Canyon, yes. which if beautiful out there, the Fly listeners fishing. haven't seen it, it yeah. is a beautiful place. That is seriously some fun. See, that stuff. that to me is fun. Drive, driving drive right Provo by Canyon. it. You know, you can turn you know, around, you, come back. It's a fun drive. Yeah. It's beautiful. There are tons of mountains. It's great. See, meaningful, meaningless. We've all got our own take, don't we? What's, you know, if, you, if I really was into eating, I could drive and eat. While driving up Provo Canyon and steer with my knee. My knee. That would be dangerous. Provo then Canyon is not a safe place to do that. Then I would die, and then the real meaning of life would be important to me. <laughs> hmm. That's the show today, folks. We're talking meaning of life. Do you know what yours is? If somebody came up, stuck a microphone right in your face, and said, what would you say is the meaning of life? What gives you purpose? What would you say? What are your top three answers? Stick with us. We're going to dissect the concept of meaning of life, how to figure out what your meaning is, and we're going to be talking to an expert who's going to help us find uh, and, and guide us a little bit more to what makes our life more meaningful. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're trying to figure out what is the meaning of your life. You know, everyone will have a different approach on that. We were talking, you know, some of us don't like eating. Some don't like going to the bathroom. And I solved the problem. (laughs) If you don't eat, not a problem. I guess. I mean. You know what I mean? Some don't like driving. I love driving. Some, like Merritt, don't like buying socks. Yeah, I learned that about Merritt I've never seen her more angry than when she just brought that up. <laughs> so today we're talking about the meaning of life. And uh, what, what we did was this. It's really pretty interesting, right? So, so if you sit and think about what makes you happy and what makes your routine day have purpose, wouldn't that be powerful to figure out? What is it about your life? What is it about your purpose? So we sent our own Mike Pond out as well as James. James uh, went out with Mike, I think, to make sure Mike didn't get hurt. And um, (laughs) they went out around, you know, just on the street and asked everyday people living everyday lives, what made their life meaningful? Here's what they said. This is Mike Pond in the field reporting for the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to talk to some people on the street and see what brings meaning to their life. So what brings meaning to your life? Wow, that's a really deep question. I don't know if I can answer that really simply. One thing that I really enjoy is playing sports. Oh, I'd have to say family. I think my family, both my parents and my brother and my husband, I think that they bring a lot of joy to my life and a lot of meaning. Um, I would definitely say religion is a big key. I like playing, and I also like going on trips. And they like doggies. Um, well, right now I'm studying electrical engineering. And that's something that's just really interesting to me. You know, and it's also something right now I'm preparing to be able to provide for a family that I want to have someday. So that, like, motivates a lot of, like, my study habits and different things. Food, um, family, and traveling. I love traveling. And get a lot of meaning from that. Well, I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, there's hope, a uh, goal for a better future. It's... Uh, a goal that your life it has meaning, that there's a purpose behind it, that uh, it's just not like you, you wake up and you, you pass on and, and then, that's, then that's it and there's, there's nothing more. I mean, there's, I mean, we hope and desire is what really like causes, causes us to act and to have us have faith. I mean, everything that we do is based on faith. I like to travel. When I travel, I get to see a lot of different places and experience a lot of different things. I like to travel. People, definitely people. My friends and family are the biggest part of my life, and people just kind of make my world. I like playing Pokemon. Pokemon's really fun, and (laughs) I also like reading. I read a lot. It, yeah. <laughs> just the ability to learn and understand things means a lot to me. Just having this connection and seeing how much we don't understand, but no, but understanding and realizing how much we do understand is just—it's mind-boggling. Be probably the opportunity to be able to use my knowledge to create things, to be able to be creative, to be able to take what I've learned in the classroom and go out into the world and use it to make something that wasn't there before. So Mike, what, what gives you meaning in life? My life? Oh man. Uh, uh, I can't say anything. Matt will use it against me. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, the Matt Townsend Show brings meaning to my life. Without the Matt Townsend Show, your life would be meaningless. Probably. I mean, I would no longer be dating so many people and 
What are you doing to me, James? This is horrible. Wow, that was meaningful. That was beautiful. Meaningful. I mean, it brought a tear to my eye. Oh, I, yeah, it did. I'm so looking at I, you. I, did you notice the fear? Are you all that afraid of me? I haven't gone off once. Well, you did pull up some pretty embarrassing stuff of Jess and I singing, so mm. I'm scared of you now. Good point. Well, don't be afraid. Uh, what was the meaning of your life, Maddie? If you, because that I love that people. They kept saying yeah. people travel. Mm-hmm. Somebody said food still. Yeah, I think a lot of them. Pokemon. I, I didn't. We edited that down. We asked a lot more people, and a lot of people said family, which is what I would say was yeah. the meaning of my life. I feel well, you'd like say family and food. I would say food, and I would also say traveling. Th- those are my top three. I think it almost sounds like you were in there because the one woman said family, food, and travel. I know that wasn't me though. Okay. I wish it had been. It could have been. Well, um, was see, we sent them out on the street, and was this hard to? Were people willing to just open up, and did it take an hour for them to figure out, James, what they what they felt, or did they just know instantly? Well, there were some people that they that would instantly respond. But... You could hear the Pokemon girl; she knew. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was actually a little boy, but oh, that's boy. okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay, boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, no offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So um, what? So some could just jump right in. Yeah, some but struggle. others, it took a while. Um, that you know, they would they would have to think about it and. You know, and others didn't want to respond, but I think that was more the radio part than the not yeah. knowing what their yeah. meaning in life was. Yeah, the radio's scary. Yeah, it is. It's terrifying. Yeah. It was interesting um, watching Maddie start, because when Maddie started, you remember how she wouldn't even use the microphone? She used to, like, yeah. just talk in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, what's it called? A highlighter. What? Yeah. <laughs> she would just hold the highlighter, oh like, it's a microphone, goodness. and she'd talk in it. You yeah, well, that? and she'd usually go into, um, like, curl up in a little ball yeah. into the co- in the corner that? of the oh, room. Oh, that yeah. so mean to me. The little fetal position. <laughs> yeah. That was darling. And then we just kind of walked, you know, we got you up to the mic, and then we turned it on. Yeah. It's, it's on. Wait, is this on? Is uh, this live? No. Oh, okay, good. It was all pre-recorded. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, I love the man on the street. We're going to do a lot more of those. Yeah, they, it's fun. It's interesting to hear how everybody has these unique things that are so important to them that I didn't even think of. Oh, yeah. And the little kid was so cute and honest. To little kids, you know, mm-hmm. playing and doggies, that's what's important. Which <laughs> is so true. It's true. I yeah. mean, I wish that And was. then Mike brought brought it all home with just the moving, you know, thought of the Matt Townsend show. Yeah, that's what is important to him. By I coercion, guess. right, and fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, okay. So here's the deal. We're going to be bringing on our guest, uh, wonderful pr- professor Alex Patakos is going to be joining us. He is the co-author with Elaine Dundon of the Opa Way. Opa, Opa. Yeah, I I still feel bad I didn't bring Greek food. For I you. know we were a little disappointed. Finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. He'll be joining us after this break. We're trying to figure out how you fi- how you find your meaning in life, how you find yourself. And then we bring that passion to our life. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. 
your life coach, your guide on the side. And today we are talking about life and the meaning of life, finding meaning in your existence, right? It's not enough to just be here. You got to show up. You got to figure out what you're going to do now that you're here. And remember on the show, one of the goals of, of this program is to give you the tools to make it through this crazy thing called life to help you find the good life. Uh, we're all born. We all have our differences. We all have our needs. And yet so many times, uh, you know, we're not born with a manual to make sure we know how to make it work. We don't have the guide necessarily. And so what we try to do on the program every day is bring you tools, ideas that can take you to a higher uh, state of living, a higher way of being. We call that the good life. And today I have a feeling. There's Ethel Merman again. (laughs) We're going to do it. Today, we're going to take it to the next level. We have a wonderful guest joining us. Alex Patacos is, is, Patacos is his name. He's a PhD and is the co-founder of the OPA Way. Uh, he is a co-author with Elaine Dundon of the OPA Way, Finding Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life and Work. He's also the author of Prisoners of Our Thoughts, an international best-selling book, and was affectionately named Dr. Meaning, Alex is dedicated to bringing meaning to work, the workplace, and into everyday lives. He's also a U.S. Army veteran. He's also a former therapist, mental health administrator, political campaign organizer, a full-time university professor of public and business administration, and has been um, a member of the International Academic Board of the International Center for Leading Studies based in Athens, Greece. Alex Patakos, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be with you. It's so great to have you. Um, I when I first I saw a, an article, I think that you had written in the Huffington Post. I, I can't remember. I think that was it. And I thought, okay, we've got to have this man on the show because y- you happen to have kind of, I guess, been mentored, grown up with one of my favorite humans on earth, who's since passed, Viktor Frankl. That's that's correct. And as a matter of fact, there's another person. And let me let me give a quick shout out because just prior to um, uh, joining your show, I was listening to your show for a few minutes using BYU Radio app. Oh yeah. So I want to give a give a plug. A little app. plug. Go to byuradio.org. You can get an yeah. app and just listen. Exactly. Uh, but yes, Victor Frankl was one, and then there's another one that's uh, that I have to mention because I'm sure you're familiar with him. He wrote the foreword to my book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts. And that's the late Dr. Stephen Covey. Oh, love him. He was my mentor. There you go. Oh, man. He, did he write a foreword for your book? He wrote the foreword to Prisoners of Our Thoughts. It was an excellent foreword. And he was also uh, very, very much uh, influenced by Viktor Frankl's mm-hmm. thinking and work and life. So, uh, sure. so I'm really blessed to have both of them. Yeah. And what a – I mean, honestly, how, how does somebody – it seems like everybody, Alex, needs um, – at some point in our life, we're going to come up against the meaning of our life right. and, and have to – it might be a death. It might be the death of someone we care about. It might be when we're deep in a hole. How did you get involved in the human search for meaning? And, um, and then maybe just talk a little bit about your involvement with Victor. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's a very good question. And, again, I, I was listening to some of the things, including your interview on the street uh, yeah. prior to the break. And so – Obviously, people have different perspectives as to what meaning is and so forth, so hopefully I can share that. Right. But this has been a quest for me ever since I was probably as young as that one young girl that you were interviewing uh-huh. on the streets. I mean, it's always been something that uh, uh, has always made me wonder, why is it that some people get through life transitions more easily or at least more optimistically than others? 
I've always had a very resilient spirit, and I was, and, and because of my Greek background, uh, that was something that I think was uh, part of my DNA. Mm. But I've always questioned, you know, what's the meaning? Because as as you mentioned earlier, many people don't really know necessarily how to define meaning in their life, either their personal life or their work life. But they certainly can describe what is meaningless. Yeah, exactly. And from that kind of point of departure that you can move towards the quest for meaning. And so, that, so there are a lot of life events that took place for me. I mean, as a young child, when I was in the military, um, you know, that was obviously uh, something that had major implications for my, for my thinking and my life in the future. Right. And then there are a lot of other milestones uh, that I call meaning moments or meaning milestones, depending on how, how significant they are to you, that really kind of uh, almost gave me a whack on the side of the head and said, hey, Alex, you gotta, you got to think about these things. You gotta, and this is where, you know, Socrates' great uh, quote, you know, know thyself. There's actually right. Socrates and others. And so knowing thyself, knowing myself, became a very uh, uh, impassioned quest. That's a great line. Impassioned quest is to figure out yourself. Exactly. That's powerful. And, and it's an ongoing process because, uh, you know, I, I know Dr. Frankel once told me, he said that, you know, I, I, you know, I asked him the question of what is the meaning of life? And he said the meaning of life is a search for meaning. Hmm. Yeah. It's an, it's, it doesn't stop. Right. You know, and so that's a very important thing for your listeners yeah. to understand is, is that we will go through life and they will be, <clears throat> if, if you remember the Austin Powers movies and you had that little character, Mini-Me, uh-huh. I refer in my book, Prisons of Our Thoughts, to many meanings. So not every meaning that That's we right. discover is necessarily a major milestone in our life, but it's still significant because if we take those many meanings and stay aware of them over time, maybe we can weave together a larger meaning, a larger oh, purpose. I love that. And it's, it, I love the idea, too, that it's kind of an unfolding and it's Absolutely. an uncovering, right? So as, as you get more skilled, more understanding of yourself, your questions seem to get better. So your, your meaning can evolve as you're growing. Thank heavens, or you'd be boxed into some tiny little box of Pokemon. Exactly. And unfortunately, I think in our particular postmodern, quote-unquote, Western society, we, we don't start early enough with the meaning questions, the existential questions. Right. And then it's unfortunately it, it, it went later in life. Either we go through a major crisis or we get older and all of a sudden we face our mortality that we start asking things, and then we start questioning, you know, well, what's, our, what's on our bucket list, uh, you know, what really matters to me, and so forth. And wouldn't it be great if we could bring the meaning questions and really get the know thyself mm-hmm. uh, kind of challenge to younger children in the early parts of their educational process? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, then you connect, then they could connect everything else they're learning to this bigger meaning. Absolutely. That's, it seems like there's a disconnect there, isn't there? there so is, we're just forcing them to learn it. without a context. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what's the impact of that? I guess just, I guess just scattered meaning, scattered lives. Well, it's scattered meaning, but it's also the, you know, and again, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit because I really want to talk about, you know, what are the core principles and prisons of our thoughts real quickly yeah. today, and then also get into the Opa way because Opa is really something that's much more inspirational and aspirational than thinking about, am I a prisoner of my thoughts? Is right. My family prison, it sounds more therapeutic, and I really want listeners to, to find that there is a, a formula for searching for meaning that is much more aspirational and inspirational yeah. than feeling that there's something wrong with me. Yeah, you don't want to do it just, yeah, out of a deficit. You want to do yeah. it out of a purpose, of, uh, an appreciative exactly. side. And actually, when we ask for the, these deeper meaning questions, as, as Dr. Franco would say, that's actually part of our humanness. That's actually something that is healthy. It's mm. not a sign when we start asking, you know, what, why am I doing this? You know, why am I in this relationship? What am I doing in this job? 
you know, am I, you know what, what, what am I studying in school? When you ask those questions, that's actually part of our own humanity. Yeah, that's powerful. And, and, then, and then you – so the, the, the pursuit of these deeper questions makes you more human and probably more able to connect to humanity. Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's definitely going to get the, the actual the O in the Opa way. I like to have to kind of raise – I like the way you call it the Opa way. I know. You, you have but, to explain how to say that. It's yeah, Opa. Opa. But the O in Opa is really is, is an acronym in our new book, and it's, it, it really refers to connecting meaningfully with others. Others mm. is the O. Yeah, okay. Huge. So you can see whether it's your family, your neighborhood, your church, you know, your, your organization, your nation – that kind of thing. Well, that's so that's, that's part of what you heard in the audio there earlier when, on the man on the street. Everyone kept bringing up people, family, friends. Exactly. exactly. And I and I'm going to push back on you a little bit here too, Matt, on the on the idea about food because yeah. one of the things, and I know that you don't see people do in food, but you know if we go back to again the, the the Greek culture, you know, actually the English word symposium is actually you know, goes back to its Greek roots, which is really about eating and drinking together. Uh-huh. And I know that's part of what you, you like about it. Yeah. But, I, but even making, making a dinner together, cooking together, is a, is a meaningful connection. Well, don't you think I – mean, I, and I can see that. I can see how some people can do that. It's mm-hmm. – it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's, it's culture, isn't it? It's like tradition. And that's, I guess, one of the things about our meaning. Yeah. You can hand it down culturally. You can hand down the meaning of – like food and gathering as a family and making dinners together. In fact, I have some awesome Greek clients, and they love to make dinner together. It's one of their right. great rituals. And That's I sit right. there and I think, wow, okay, yeah, that and, works and so for you. Culturally, you're absolutely right. I mean, even, the, even the notion of coffee, there's a section in our new book called, you know, there's always time for coffee to the Greeks. Yeah, yeah. And part of that is it's not about the coffee. It's no. not like going into a Starbucks, getting a, 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 a to-go cup and leaving. Right. It's about sitting with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family, and conversing and just being in their space yeah. and being able to feel the connection. It's community. It's, it's community. <clears throat> I love that word, communing. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, tell me what is it then? What is it that humans need about meaning? What does meaning deliver? And, and why, for example, if connecting is, is a big part of it, um, what is it about that need? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of it, and again, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit here because I'm going to be linking yeah. prisoners of our thoughts and the message in there with the Opa way yeah. as we move forward. But, you know, the, the basic idea is that Dr. Franco believed very strongly that the primary intrinsic, not extrinsic, but intrinsic motivation of all human beings is a search for meaning. People want to know that their life matters, that their work matters, that their relationships matter, and so forth. They want to make a difference in some way. And, you know, and, and to feel that is, is a major driver for yeah. uh, you know, achieving whatever we might set our, our eyes out for, our goals. And so, so part of it is the meaning over time, we found this, particularly when people go through major crises, um, is that they're much more likely to stay engaged with whatever the challenge is. They're much more likely to be resilient. They're much more likely to stay healthy hmm. if they see meaning in what they're doing. And they're much more likely to perform and even be more creative. Yeah. And so part of the reason why the meaning question and that quest is so powerful and so important is the fact that it really helps us because you really, I mean, we all know this, and I know your listeners will, will, we will recognize this, that it's really at those times when your things are not going well that you find out who you really are. You really mm. dig deep into your soul, right. and you also find out who your true friends are. And, you know, meaning 
is, you know, in terms of really where we find the deepest sources of meaning really comes at those transitional moments in our lives where things aren't necessarily going as planned. That's, to me, that is the number one lesson I learned many years ago when I first read Man's Search for Meaning. And Victor tells the story of his, um, of being in Auschwitz, uh, you know, this Jewish man who would look over, I guess, to the female camps and dream of, and think about his wife. Absolutely, yep. And how that produced this meaning, and then eventually thinking about the day that he would take all the lessons from Auschwitz and take it back to his people in, in classes as a psychiatrist and teach these students about the power of meaning. That's I mean, right. It's what got him through. It got him through, and he could even envision when he was in the camps being not only with his wife and his family, you know, who we yeah. lost most of them in the camps, but he could even visualize being in front of students and giving them a lecture about meaning and about how to survive through whatever circumstances uh. they're facing. And interestingly enough, after he got out, I mean, he was so explicit in detail about what he could imagine his lecture being uh-huh. that when he got out of the camps and it was liberated, he actually years later found himself giving that exact lecture Did in California. Really? Self-fulfilling right there. Yep. Well, what's so powerful about that, too, um, the power of having a vision like that and your own meaning in your life, uh, it, it's, not, it's not dependent on his wife being alive. Mm-hmm. So he was still getting the motivation and the inspiration and the joy, the little that he could get in that camp, by simply having that meaning there. That's right. Even if, even if his wife wasn't alive at the time. That's right. That's such and, a... and his wife, that particular, that was his first wife. I mean, she, she did uh, pass on. She was killed in the camp. So yeah. he never did get together. And, you know, the sad part is, is that, uh, you know, he lost her. But at the same time, that inspiration and yeah. that, he always had that spiritual connection with her anyway, even afterwards. See, I love that. And I think that's, that's why we're doing the show, Alex, right there. Yeah. We're, we're talking with Alex Patakos, uh, who's a Ph.D., co-founder of the OPA Way. And, and is that a book? Is the book coming out? Soon, the book or? is coming out in the fall. Of course, Prisoners of Our Thoughts, for all your listeners yeah. out there, Prisoners, plural, of our thoughts, is available uh, in bookstores and on Amazon. And then the Opal Way book is now available on Amazon for pre-order. Oh, wow. So if Great. you order it, uh, even though it comes out in the fall, you'll be yeah. one of the first ones to get it. So, and they, do you have a website, too? Should, I know you have a website for yes. Prisoners of, of Our yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, well, the website for the Opal Way is, you know, www.theopalway.com. <laughs> That's great. Theopalway.com. There's information there, and obviously follow follow us on Twitter yeah. at the Opal Way, and like us on Facebook, Facebook uh, the Opal Way as well. We're talking with Alex Patako. Stick around, Alex. We are we've got many more questions for you. We're learning about the power of meaning, finding meaning in our lives. When we come back, Alex is going to walk us through how uh, how life transitions can affect us. He's also going to continue to to discuss with us, you know, kind of the the motivation of understanding our meaning. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you find meaning in life right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Listen to that music. If you go to the website, the OPA Way, OPA, if you go to the OPA Way, uh, which is the website of our wonderful guest today, Alex Patakos is joining us. This is the music that will be playing. He's trying to teach us the OPA Way. Uh, one, the O in the OPA, 
is this idea of connecting. And part of meaning and finding meaning in life is the connection part of our life. Dr. Alex Patakos is joining us, co-founder of The Opa Way and also the author of the uh, book with Elaine Dundon, The uh, the Opa Way, Finding Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life. He's also the author of the international best-selling book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts, which is um, kind of a deeper look at uh, some of the principles that um, that Viktor Frankl taught, and uh, and how they you know how they're how they, how you you can implement them in your lives. And so we call uh, we call Doctor Patakos to be on. He's also affectionately known as Doctor Meaning. So welcome back, Alex. It's great, isn't that music? Uh, I love that. Kind of uplifting. It totally. You know what? It just gets you feeling good. Like you know what? Okay, this is good. This is hope. Yeah. Yeah, love it. And, and we all need that. We do, we all need more as as more and more people around the world because we've actually Lane and I have been doing this now as we've been getting ready for the launch of our book and we've been speaking and doing workshops about about the Opa way. People keep on telling us, you know, we need more Opa in our lives. Mm. You do well, and yeah. explain Opa because I, yeah. you know, you hear the word you hear at a Greek wedding or you'll hear it somewhere. Ex- yeah. What does it mean? What does that mean? Well, you know, I mean. The, the, the common Greek word opa actually has uh, ancient roots. It goes back to the writings of Homer in the Iliad and the Odyssey, believe it or not. Mm. And uh, in the ancient times, I mean, the, we've traced it, and again, there's a whole chapter in our book that just kind of describes this, this origins of the word uh, from the ancient Greek. But originally, um, Homer was referring to, and, and the, the followers of, of that entire period really looked at the opa in two different ways, because in the Greek alphabet, there are actually two letter O's. There's oh. Omicron and there's Omega. Omega, right. And the Omicron Opa basically means, which is kind of like the music that you just heard on our website, it's really about the celebration of life. Cool. It's inspirational. It's really enthusiastic. It's enthusiasm and passion for life. And that's what you hear typically at a Greek festival or people breaking plates or dancing right. in the movies. The Omega side of the Opa coin is something a little different because, and that's something that unfortunately a lot of people, even Greeks, sometimes forget. And that really refers to remaining awake, look out for danger, look out for opportunity hmm. in one's path. And so that becomes a very important uh, piece of this, this entire mystery of the common roots of OPA because a lot of times we only think about OPA in terms of, well, we're just having fun. Right. And, you know, that can get us into trouble. So yeah, that, then you got to watch the other side. It got luck. Watch it. So it's almost like a, a Greek version of the yin and the yang. Yeah. How fun. Um, so Elaine and I took that, and of course we spent a lot of time in Greece going back and forth. We've done a lot of research on this, and we, we want to do something that would put it in a contemporary, modern-day context. So we created an acronym, an O-P-N-A in English, where O, as I said earlier, it refers to others. Connect meaningfully with others. And a large part of what I heard prior to my coming on your show was really about connections with family, with uh, church, right. with community, and so forth. The P in OPA refers to engaging with deeper purpose. P is purpose. And so that's uh, another element that you were describing, because you know, there's, a, there's a section in our book, and there's also a reference to this in Prisons of Our Thoughts, that where there's a purpose, you know, well, we actually heard the old saying, if there's a will, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. And what we've added to that, and Dr. Frankel did the same thing in a di- little bit different context, where there's a purpose, there's a will. Okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. There's the birth of the will, huh? Yeah, exactly. So the, so the idea behind the P is really engaging with deeper purpose, and that gets into know thyself, and there's some other elements that I can share with you if you'd like. The A in OPA is also one that has very strong connections to prisoners of our thoughts and to Viktor Frankl's theories and, and, and his approach, and that refers to attitude. 
But to the Greeks, opa, the A in opa, means embrace life, all of life, with attitude. Mm. It's not just about the happy times. It's not just about the positive psychology that we hear a lot about. Right. There's so many books that have been written in the last couple of years on happiness that people kind of like, they're, uh, kind of, they're missing the boat here in a right. lot of ways because life itself has ups and downs. Yeah, so it's not just the pursuit of happiness in the up. It's, exactly. it's, it's also pursuing, uh, embracing life with attitude in the downs as well. In the downs. And then, and then taking those moments, because uh, I remember years ago, a Catholic monk by the name of Thomas More told me, he said, our most soulful times are when we are out of balance, not when we're in balance. Oh, yeah. It's so when we're out of balance and things aren't going so well, those are perfect times to do some soul searching to know thyself, to really do some, what I refer to, and there's a book, in the book Prisons of Our Thoughts, I have an exercise in there called Existential Digging. It's a way of doing meaning analysis to find out when things aren't going so well, you know, not, not just what do we do about it, how do we feel about it, yeah. not just how, what we learn from that, but also what are we going to do about the learning that we have from that situation so that we can grow and develop. That is powerful. OPA, connecting meaningfully with others, engaging, the P is... With deeper purpose. With deeper purpose, and A is the attitude, embrace, embrace all life. Embrace life with attitude. I love and, that. And the Greeks are really good at that in terms of embracing life. Because mm-hmm. you know, they, they leave their, you know, the, their feelings on, out on their sleeves. Yeah, right. They don't hide a lot. Yeah. Like some cultures kind of keep things hidden. Yeah. And so they're very open about it. They're very expressive. You know, they move their hands a lot. That's, that's part of the Mediterranean culture as well, you know, as well more broadly. But the idea here is that when things aren't going well, you've got to realize that sometimes, you know, you, know, you are going to lose a job or maybe, you know, that your budget is going to hurt or you're going to break up a relationship or whatever. Well, what do you do about it? Yeah. So it's not just looking – when you talk about meaning, you're not just saying, you know, go into this idyllic state of being and find the best. But sometimes you can find your purpose, your passion, your mm-hmm. connections when in, – in the hardest times, the darkest times. I mean, that, that makes sense. At a funeral, if you lose someone dear to you, all of a sudden you, you might see all of the connections you've lost That's right. for years. That's right. And, and in a way, I guess you're saying that could ignite the passion, that could ignite the, you know, the appreciation, the attitude. Well, the appreciation, and it, and it ignites that quest for an opportunity for inner, inner knowing, that know thyself. Yeah. Okay, because you're, 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 you're starting to get connected to your core essence. Mm-hmm. You're starting to get connected with being a more authentic person. You start to question more about life. And see, these are all part of the P and OPA. Mm. And so that's all part of the, you know, the process. And again, it, you know, we, we obviously describe this in greater detail. It's hard to do this in a very short interview, but we don't do enough of that kind of existential oh, stuff no. until it's too late. Right. Well, and, and we actually run. We run away from these events. We run oh, away from these experiences. And you're well, saying step in. Now. Yeah. We want happiness. And one of the reasons the subtitle of our new book, The Open Way, is Finding Joy and Meaning, is that we see joy differently than, and much more deeper, much more spiritually grounded than happiness. Because happiness is, is typically fleeting, mm. it's typically external. Yeah. You know? And so when you think about the deeper joy that you receive, and, and some, of the, some of the comments I heard from your, your previous guests and, and uh, the interviews you did, you know, people find joy in doing things for others, for example. Yeah. It's, that it's, brings meaning to their life. Oh yeah, and um, and again, I, I guess, and like you say, it reconnects you down to your deepest purpose, your essence. Yeah. Your that's your core essence. Yeah, and we all have that, and see, that's part of it. And so, even though you know, on the one hand, you know, I don't want to even I'm a, I happen to be you know Greek Orthodox faith, Orthodox yeah. Christian, but the idea and and the key is I want to make sure that your listeners, you don't have to be a certain faith based tradition, right, exactly. a certain religion, denomination. 
but obviously faith, and Dr. Frankel found this, I found this, that people who do have some type of faith are much more likely to see themselves on a quest for meaning. Yeah. Oh, this is powerful. We're talking with Alex Patakos. Again, you've got to go to his website, theopaway.com. And uh, he'll be releasing later this fall, but you can pre-order his book uh, that he wrote with Elaine Dundon, The Opa Way, Finding Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life and Work. He also is the author of Prisoners of Our Thoughts, which is an international best-selling book. Go look for both of them. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're coming back more with Alex Patakos right after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on the program to help you and your loved ones find the good life. You know, amazingly, it's just right there for you to grab. It's not that hard. It's right there. Sometimes we got to, you know, get a lot of junk out of our head first or, uh, you know, connect in to the real meaning of life. And that is the topic we're discussing today on the show, meaning and the meaning of life. How do you find, you know, your connections? How do you find your pa- your passion? How do you find the right attitude? We call it, uh, we don't, Alex Patakos, our guest today, calls it the OPA way. Finding joy and meaning. Uh, let's see, I lost it. Where'd it go? Finding, there it is. Oh, finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. He's also the author of the book Prisoners of Our Thoughts, an international best-selling book. And uh, a lot of that has to do with his work with Viktor Frankl, one of my favorite humans on earth. I learned more just about choice and and finding meaning in life from that one man. Again, I didn't know him, but... Um, luckily we're talking to Alex Patakos who did know him and did work with him. Uh, so again, Alex, thank you so much for being here and welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matt. And I'll, let me just start off by saying, Opa. Opa. No. Okay. Do you say Opa or Opa? You can say it any way you want. Okay. As long Doesn't as you matter. You get the O, P and the A in there. Opa. Yeah. Cause the, the, the word Opa is, is, is really becoming a formula for that yeah. guidepost towards meaning. Yeah. And I think you've done it perfectly because what I love is you're not about like a quick fix to happiness. Right. You're you're more about kind of the long, constant journey of finding joy in the now and in the living and in in life. It's there. It's always there. You just got to be looking for it. That's right. Yeah. And and that sense is a very important point because in that sense, we really don't create meaning. Right. And Franco would, would would agree with this, is that we're really finding or discovering meaning, because meaning is always around us. Right. But it's our responsibility, our personal responsibility, to do something about it in terms of finding it, making the connections, uh, you know, really asking the deep questions about purpose and making sure that we maintain an, an attitude that allows us to keep on moving forward so we don't get stuck and become a prisoner of our thoughts. I, I love that because there's, there's the book, right? The prisoner of, yeah. of your thoughts. Um, the, the idea that you find it also means you, um, you, you can turn anything into it. 
Mm-hmm. Right. If you I mean, there's there's you're going to either find a connection, a passion or a place for a better attitude in everything well, you've yeah. got. I mean, there's, there's something, you know, and I, and I want to make sure that listeners don't feel that we're marginalizing the significance of some of the traumas that we right. have go through. I mean, the families of this Malaysian flight, for example, yeah. or people in different uh, situations around the world. In no way do we want to make that take, you know, take that lightly. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of to what extent, why is it that some people go through these horrific uh, uh, experiences in their lives and make it and, and keep on going forward, where others give up? Yeah. And so that's a major piece. And so what Elaine and I like to say is it's really about meaning first, because meaning is the thing that drives our, and it keeps us engaged with life, with our work, and so forth. Meaning is what helps us increase our resilience levels so that we can bounce back when things are tough. Right. Meaning is what keeps us healthy. Meaning is what helps us perform and be innovative so that we can find solutions to whatever dilemmas we may be facing. So meaning first is a very important uh, lesson to be learned here. Well, that's, that, I mean, it's, that seems like the beginning, because how else would you know how to handle any other part of life? Without without yeah, well, meaning first, you would just, I guess, I guess well, we, experience well, if, life. If you don't, we become more animalistic in a sense of how we respond to that. Yeah, them. fight or flight, huh? Right, and so that's a key thing. And if, if, if there's, a, there's a passage that Stephen Covey wrote in Prisons of Her Thoughts, and he really talks about between stimulus and response, mm. there's a space, and it's within that space is where we can find our happiness and our growth and so forth. So it's up to us how we're going to respond. But if we don't do these deeper kind of OP&A, OPA kinds of analyses, we just respond like people do, say, you know, that need anger management. They do it to road rage or, you know, they do instinctively. And then we're not really, uh, we're, we're not respecting yeah. our full human dignity and right. our, you know, our full human spirit. Yeah, and, you, and you're, it's almost not even a choice anymore. It's a reaction. It's a reaction. Yeah. And, and that's why one of the reasons we want OPA is, people to find this is because, you know, the idea is, is that there is, you know, there are guideposts. I mean, Elaine and I have actually more, more recently been referred to and, and identified as oracles of meaning. Mm. And that sounds kind of arrogant, but on the one hand, what they're saying is we don't have the answers, but we have guideposts that we can, based on our own lives and based on the experiences we've had, to help others yeah. guide them along the path towards meaning. What are some more OPA strategies? What are some more ways that we we go about creating meaning? Okay, yeah, let me, let me I'll just share a few of them right now. Uh, if, we, if we take the O, for example, the connect meaningfully with others, others is the O in OPA. You know, we really have three uh, major uh, uh, practices that we refer to. One of them is is we re- we have a chapter called connect with the village. And again, this goes back to the Mediterranean, the Greek way of life. Mm-hmm is that most of us have a village in Greece that we can say this is where we're from. And the idea behind the village concept is very powerful because it's even probably more misused than the word community when we talk about community of practice and so forth because we talk about it takes a village to raise a child. We live in a global village, but we don't treat each other like villagers. Right now. We're almost like strangers. Uh We're we're rude to people. So within the whole notion, for example, of how do we connect with the village, which is really a a Greek cultural and Greek philosophical um, uh, embedded value, is there are things like respecting humanity, developing and helping others feel that they belong, uh, helping people understand. And then there's practices, there are examples of how we do this, hmm. how, you, how you can ensure that people understand that we're all interdependent and that one person in a village doing something wrong, that, that rotten apple can actually impact the entire village. Right. You know I, what I mean? And then there's yeah. a whole section and chapter, for example, on hospitality, which relates to others, because... The idea behind hospitality, which is a really a Greek concept that goes back to Greek mythology, to the, the, the king of the gods, Zeus. Yeah. You know, the Greeks are known for hospitality. 
being kind to others, being generous, uh, respecting each person as a unique human spirit. I mean, these are things that, you know, when you think about hospitality in the, in the OPA way, yeah. it's not like going into McDonald's and saying, can I help you? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's much more feeling like, geez, I'm, you know, I remember a Greek restaurant in Chicago years ago I went to, and, and I love going to this restaurant because the, the sign, and you've probably seen this in other places as well, but the sign was, and they actually practiced this, the sign said, welcome home. Mm. So that's kind of the notion of the Greek hospitality. Oh yeah, well, and I have this I, this client I keep bringing up, but he's I've been invited to dinner. Mm-hmm. We've they've brought me meals, they've brought me food. They're my brother, they're my sister, yeah. and it's and I was just coaching them. But yeah. we're but they're they are like their family now, right. and it's and almost it's, just assumed. Of course, you yeah. will be. And see, that makes that, and, and you, in, in the work that you do and the work that we do, obviously, the same way, is that we want to connect meaningfully with people, yeah. whether they're clients or not. Right. right? I mean, that's the idea. Right. And you know, we don't want to see our work be nothing more than transactions. Yeah. What good is that? Exactly. Yeah. In, in a weird way, it's more, it's, it's more efficient on you, but it's mm-hmm. not more effective. It's not yeah. going to create the memories. It doesn't create love. That's right. It just and is so transactional. Even going to a restaurant, I mean, if you go to a Greek restaurant, as an example, you may or may not find a restaurant that has the best quality food, and I know mm-hmm. you're not. You don't really care so much about the food. So no, I don't good care for you, Matt. <laughs> you care about the experience. Yeah. Right. How do people treat you? And you can go to another place that has the best quality food in the world, but the customer service is really yeah, terrible. Yeah. It's not hospitable. You feel like I can't wait. It's expensive. I got to leave because I can't stand being in this environment. Yeah. And no one gives you a hug. And nobody gives you a hug. Nobody cares. That's right. So, so anyway, so that's part, so those that's are the, all elements of the O. That's the OPA, the connection. Right. That's great. You know, the, the P, which is engaged with deeper purpose, this is, again, relates to know thyself, for yeah. example, and this really gets down to authenticity. It gets down to examining and connecting with your core essence. It's really understanding questioning, and unfortunately, we don't teach even young people, you know, and obviously adults, sometimes it's wait until it's too late, right. to start questioning the meaning of their life, to question, why do they do what I'm doing? You know, then you start have, having people reading these books about, you know, no more regrets, you know? Yeah. Why do you have to wait to that point? Why do you have to wait to the point where you have a bucket list? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, let's start it early. And so there's, there's, so there's a whole element there of understanding that. There's, there's, a, there's another chapter, for example, there's a Greek concept called adate, which is really about really understanding um, you know, your habits, understanding what integrity means, uh, really building the character, which I know is you know, very fundamental yeah. to a lot of the things that you and I both do, yeah. so that people feel that, you know, that what they're doing, that they're working with honesty, they're working with integrity, they're pursuing excellence in whatever they may do, whether it's their personal, interpersonal relationships, whether it's their work, whatever it may be, you know, they don't want to slack off. No. And those are important things that help us engage with deeper purpose. Well, and create, uh, again, it seems like somewhere you've got to get the energy to do all of this. And it seems like the P in OPA is the purpose that, that generates the energy. It's exactly. the connection to your purpose. That's right. Well, you know, and you also get the same kind of fuel because if you think about O, P, and A together as a formula for meaning, all three of those together, they're going to come in different places because some people That's are more, in, they're stronger in the O yeah, than right. they are in the P, yeah. or they're really not so good in O and P, but they really have a great attitude. They got the attitude, right. They, you know what I mean? So they're going to, they're going to charge through, you know, and, and they're going to make it regardless. That's Other people might have their purpose, and then still they're kind of their attitude is kind of questioning, you know, and maybe they even have a bad attitude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you really need all three, and that's why one of the things I'd like listeners to think about when they hear the Greek word and "opa." Now, after listening to the, your show, <laughs> is it becomes a mantra yeah. for living and working. Well, and if you've ever known a Greek, you've heard it. You've heard it. 
It's just, I love it. And it it has just inherent in it, this value and this energy. We're talking with Alex Patakos, uh, PhD, and is the co-founder of the OPA Way, um, and also a book that will be out with Elaine Dundon later in the year in October, or later in the year in the fall, The OPA Way, Finding Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life and Work. Um, but also, he's he's written a, a, an international best-selling book called Prisoner of Our Thoughts. And it almost sounds like, Alex, you, you've kind of taken both sides of the coin. The prisoner's side were kind of the problems of how we get stuck. And then the OPA side, which is, I mean, maybe I guess the solutions, the more positive approach. Matt, you're right on. Did I feel it right? You did it right. You did it. You did a good job. I couldn't have said it better myself. I know. I, you know what? Um, I it's. I think you actually probably said that somewhere in the interview, and I just picked it up. Well, the key word here is OPA. Yep. Because everybody can say it. And yeah. You can't say it with enthusiasm and not feeling feel good. It's it's right. That's right. I I can't. I'm going to be saying it the rest of my life. There you go. I'm going to be adopted into the Greek yeah. culture. Well, let, me, let me just, if I could share this real quickly. Yeah. Uh, Elaine and I are going to be giving a public lecture in Salt Lake City in May. Wow, cool. Sponsored by the Hellenic Cultural Association yeah. of Salt Lake City. As you know, there are a lot of Greeks in the Salt Lake area. That absolutely. So we will be there in the middle of May, the weekend of May 16th. So any listeners who happen to be in the Salt Lake uh, Provo area. That's huge. May 16th. Kate, will you send me an email on that? I will. And then what we'll do is uh, maybe even have you into the studio if we can get you in. That'd be great. But I for sure need you back when you're releasing the book, oh, that'd be The Opa Way, because I, I, I want to get that out there. We have about two and a half minutes, Alex. Um, if you had to wrap it up, what, we, what I always like to talk about is the one thing. So kind of like the most leveraged one thing that we could all do to get us connected to our meaning and our, our, our worth in life. What, uh, what's the one thing that you found in OPA that makes the biggest difference? Yeah. And that maybe there's just not one. Yeah, it, it's difficult because, I mean, obviously I could be trite and I could say, well, read yeah, the book and that'll right. help you. Because, you know, as you noted earlier in your show, you know, meaning is different for different people, and I can't tell somebody this is the meaning in your right. life. Obviously, what I want to do is I want them to constantly examine how are they connecting with others, the O, yeah. you know, whether it's your family, your friends, your neighbors. I mean, do you treat them with respect? Do you say hello to them? If you say hello, do you really mean it? And then are you really thinking about your purpose? And your purpose can change over time. There's always meaning. I mean, meaning exists regardless of what, even though your purpose changes as you go over your, life, your lifespan. Yeah. But meaning is always going to be there. And so, so part of it is asking these kinds of purposeful questions. And then attitude. I mean, attitude is critical. I mean, that was the first principle in Prisoners of Our Thoughts. That was the thing that kept Victor Frankl alive during some of the most horrific experiences he ever had in his life. And so the idea is, is being able to understand that, you know, that you have personal responsibility for this quest. It's not something that you can get from your, your parents. Sorry there. Yeah. It's not something you can get from your neighbors, your coworkers. You're, you're really personally responsible for uh, taking, you know, getting in the driver's seat. Yeah. Wow. But see, I mean, again, not trite, but the principles, connecting, engaging with a deeper purpose and the attitude to embrace all life. Beautiful well, the easier stuff. way to say it, which we have, we have had people from all kinds of countries and cultures. You know, Elaine and I were not too long ago in Hong Kong, and we had these, you know, these little young Chinese kids, <laughs> 11 to 14 years of age, and they could all say the word OPA. OPA! Others, purpose, attitude. Others, purpose, attitude. That should be your mantra. No, that is. Whether it's in your schools, whether it's your workplace, whether it's at home. How are you treating others? You know, are you engaged with deeper purpose? And, you know, think about your attitude. Yeah. Are you embracing life in such a way that, that you know, 
the idea behind embracing even the darker times in your life allows you to not be a prisoner of your thoughts. It at least gives you some of the energy, some of the fuel to move forward. Beautiful. Alex Patakos, uh, founder of The Opa Way. Go to his website, theopaway.com. Check out the book coming out in fall, um, The Opa Way, and also look up his, his book that's already out there, international best-selling book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts. Alex, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Look forward to seeing you in May. Oh, can't wait. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. And Opa, love it. You know what? Isn't it amazing You, the power of a, of a human being just to, to – Victor Frankl influences Alex Patakos. Alex comes on and teaches us the Opa way. There it is. Contagious. Love it. We're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to get, uh, again, into this a little bit deeper, a little bit different every time. This is the Matt Townsend Show, giving you the tools to find meaning in life right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about meaning, and uh, now our own Merritt Meekum has uh, put together some thoughts for us about meaning and worth. What makes you worth something? That question might not be, uh, you know, seem connected exactly to what we're talking about here, but you may be surprised as to how very connected they are. Merritt has some thoughts I know she'd like to share with us. Merritt, this is one of your favorite topics on earth. It is totally my favorite your topic. Your worth? Talking about your worth. Where the worth of a human, the worth, worth of a soul. Yeah, and I think mostly because I think people attach their worth to things that don't really matter. Yes. And here's a good, just a like good way. Like food, and, for you know, example. <laughs> you know what? Kidding. There's a lot more to food than no, you're, you're No, Alex on, straightened me out on that. Yeah. <laughs> really did. Anyway. Uh, so just think about this. What, what you find your worth like where you find your worth, think about what you spend the most time doing. Mm. And not necessarily, this isn't necessarily like what you're forced to do. Yeah, okay. I mean, everybody obviously spends the most time working. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. What, do you, what would you do in your free time? What would you spend time on? What would you... I would read and what write. What is the thing that you're most concerned about how other people perceive you? That's um, interesting, yeah. So here's some, here's some examples. Um, money. Do you, mm. Are you concerned about looking... To be a certain status? Are you concerned about experiencing certain things that only people of a class would be able to? That's why. Achieve? I, that's why I got these glasses. Appearance. This is the one I see the most often in the world. Is that people spend a very huge time oh. on their appearance? They spend lots of money you on their look appearance, good. and that's how they're concerned about how other people perceive them. It might right. be not necessarily their, you know, other aspects of their personality. They are worried about how people perceive how they look. We're you know? so worried about that. We are so worried about that. Athleticism, that's another one I see. Yeah. This is more more common in guys, I think, yeah. where, you know, it's like, how big are your muscles? Like, that's what, you know, you're worried about how other people think yeah. about you that way. Um, Girls don't worry, like, about how big their muscles yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, some other things, your, your smarts, I'm guilty of this one. I yeah. want to look smart. Like that is like my goal in life. I want to. I want to appear smart. I want other people to think I'm smart, and I want to know things that other people don't I, know. I don't know if you know this, um, but I have a PhD. Oh really? Yeah. I just was just going to drop okay, that yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. You know. I actually have a PhD too. PhD in passion. Just want to throw true. that one out James there. James does. Yeah, I, I think yours is different. <laughs> no, I don't know. It seems pretty official. Yeah. 
Um, some others, artistic ability. Yeah. Are you creative? Oh, yeah. Are you creative? That's a very important yeah. thing. Are you right brain or left brain? Yeah. Everybody wants to be right brain because yeah. it's way more hip. It's you know? way hip, except they're so I think, poor. Yeah. Well, and so then about, all of a sudden you're back to money. Well, but then you can, you know, throw in like people who are foodies who describe themselves as foodies. That's another thing. Um, people who kind of the hipster demographic, like how much do you know about certain yeah. albums that are coming out? Well, don't you think yeah. I look hipster with these glasses? Um, kind of, they're kind of becoming more mainstream now. So you, you might've, you might be too late on the what? hipster glasses. Hold it. Now you're telling me this. I spent <laughs> 10 hours looking for these. Well, I didn't know you wanted to look hipster. I think they look very distinguished. Do I, do I look smarter? Do yes, I look, do I, I look say, more I muscly? Muscly, you know, it, I don't think it really relates, but whatever. I'm going for you all know. of them. Um, some other things. I, I see another one with parents a lot. Like how cute do your kids look? How cute does your house oh, look? How you perfect know? are your children? Yeah. Um, other people, family, they want their family to appear yeah. a certain way. So, yeah. So how you define your worth is usually what you're most worried about, how other people perceive you. It's you, kind of you, the base. You know how you know? You check their bumper. Because whatever the bumper sticker says is where <laughs> they find sticker, their worth. Obviously. My child's on the I honor obviously roll. value nothing since I have no bumper sticker. Do you have a bumper? I have a bumper, yes. It's See? dented and old, well, but there is a bumper. That's how the bumper is supposed to yeah. be. So the problem is with this, um, this is also usually – so we might not perceive this as the thing that we attach our worth to. Right. But if you let we it affect you yeah. – let's just go with appearance because, again, like I said, that's the one you think is most common. So if you attach your worth to your appearance, do you get sad when you find out you weigh 10 pounds more? I mean, do you get sad if you're having a bad hair day? Do you um, get what? upset or frustrated when you can't you know, fit in those jeans? When well, or not even that, but when you try a new trend and it doesn't look good on you, yeah. or you mess up your makeup, or, or when somebody on the show calls you fat yesterday, that would be yeah, that would like be that's upsetting. that's hurtful. Yeah, but so the interesting thing about this is you might not perceive that, but you it's the thing you let influence you the most. And then you think about it. So what you know is if you're thinking about it if you're and stewing about it. Um, the problem with this is you usually evaluate everybody else on that same scale. Oh, so I, I find that um, – and again, this is not to demean anybody, but when I listen to people who think a lot about their parents who care a lot about that, which again is not in itself a bad thing. Um, but the, usually they are the ones who notice other people's appearances the most. Right, right. Oh, right. They're the ones who point out if somebody has cute clothes or if well, they don't have cute clothes or if they it. look huh. a certain way. Because you, you, yeah. you're oriented towards mm-hmm. that area. Yeah. And again, like I said, this is not really my thing. I hate exercising. Not that I, I, I stay fit. Yeah. I hate exercising. I spend the littlest amount of time possible getting ready in the morning. It's not my thing. Yeah. Um, I try to look nice and that's about as But like when you, know, you drive by somebody that's like exercising, do you think – Man, I hate them. Not really, you know. Do you ever think I, really I could swerve that. and chase them down? <laughs> so, you know, it would be fun, but most, mostly because I'm like See, that, trying that, to channel yeah. my inner Tom Cruise. But <laughs> That would be extreme. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do evaluate people if they, I think they're being silly or stupid. Yeah. I, I have a problem with that. That's my judgmental. See, we, but I think we all do this. In. And then I yeah. don't, aren't we doing it really to just push them down so we are of more worth? Yeah. Because like, look how good I look, and I don't even need to get dressed up. Yeah. That's what I always say. So the key to defeating this, kind of these uh, – it's you're finding your worth extrinsically. And therefore, you're finding the meaning in your life extrinsically. You're looking for things, other things to provide you with meaning. Right. So you're looking for your appearance to find you meaning. You're looking for things you really yeah. can't control no. that much to provide no. you with meaning in Well, your and life. they've all got a shelf life, right? They're going to die off. Exactly. I mean, your body is – I hate to tell you, you're going to need a hip someday. 
Everyone's going to need it. I know. It sucks. But this is the thing. So your goal is to stop finding your worth extrinsically and find your worth intrinsically. What makes you you? What are those things that nobody can take away from you? What are the things that you can cherish? Which I would say, you know, memories. Yeah. Um, Interesting things that you've known and thought about. Uh, Your family. Your con- yeah, what you've brought to yeah, this world. Yeah, and it's really just about prioritizing, but also realizing that it's those things and just the fact that you are a human that give you your worth, that yeah. gives you meaning in life, that gives you some quest to I love that. look for something better. Um, and, you know, it's not – I don't know that I have, like, a way for you to, like, find your intrinsic worth, but I think a lot of it is just change the way you think. You know, if you're feeling upset about the fact that you didn't work out or the fact that – you know, this other person is smarter than you or better than you creatively. Right. What you can do is retrain yourself. That doesn't demean me. You know, just just tell yourself that. That doesn't demean me because I have this and this and this. Yeah. I am working for this and this and this. I care about this. I, you know, write it out. It's powerful. You know, do something that retrains your thought to find your worth intrinsically to know that you're worth no matter what happens outside of you. Man. And, you know, that'll give your life a little more meaning. Well, and just the thought of knowing you're looking for it and there's a difference. Just thinking that way is going to – you're going to start to see the difference. Yeah, definitely. Merritt Meekham did it again. What a Thank great you. setup for Meg Conley, by the way. Yes. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the queen of internetdom, the queen of uh, Meg in Progress, the website and blogger, Meg Conley will be joining us. Again, she, she always brings it. So uh, get ready. She's going to teach us about meaning. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back everybody to the matt townsend show hey we're almost there the meaning of life we thought we would bring on the expert of life meg conley is going to be joining us she is a writer she deals in womanhood motherhood spirituality hood and all other types of the hood she has two children zuzu and viola one husband named riley She's a regular guest on our show, and uh, honestly, she is, I think, if you think about it, the real joy of the show. It should be called, and she's, she's brought this up many a time, the Meg Conley Show with Matt Townsend hosting, but it's really just the Matt Townsend Show with Meg Conley changing everyone's life. Meg, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can totally hear you. That's so great. That it's almost a good introduction. Did you like I'll that? Give you the fifty bucks when I get back. And I appreciate that. And if you're <laughs> while you're at it, you might want to um, bring me something else from wherever you are. Where are you? I'm in California, the Great Orange County. Uh, bring me so a I'm... surfboard. Uh, sure, sure. Um, have you ever been surfing, Matt? I have. I have been surfing, but I do, wouldn't call it like I was. I I was more like thrown into the sanding. Right. It's, it's it's like surfing, but it's more just what you do at the end of the surf. Can I say I would have paid to see that? You know what? I've got it on video. If you're paying, really? I'll, I'll let That's you see it. it. That makes me very happy to be alive, that that exists somewhere. Meg, I miss you not being here. 
I know. Wow. I was supposed to be in last week, but I know. you guys decided not to have a show. I know. BYU's, they keep winning hurt. basketball and uh, basketball games. So it's like, blah, blah, just go play basketball. They do don't they realize that they, they, they do. A lot of people do. And I love no. BYU sports. It's just they didn't know that they were, they were kicking Meg off of the show. Right. You know, for me, it's football or nothing. Football, you know, I agree. It's a great no, but then when football's not here, it's basketball or nothing's a, a great second mantra. I, I guess, I guess my my husband would agree. I would I would have to disagree, but but I'm excited <laughs> to be on your show to talk about the meaning of life. Now, see you. I when I when I heard of this subject, I thought, okay, we have got to get Meg because <laughs> Meg nobody knows meaning more than Meg. No, 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 no. Yes. Well, you know, I this is so timely because I don't know if you saw. Um, and these studies pop up periodically, but there was the Wall Street Journal put out a thing um, yesterday or the day before that talked about that talked about the the top ten cities that, um, for women's pay and the top worst cities. Really? Worst cities. Yeah. And um, and so you know they went through and the way they were defining the value um, how women were valued in those regions was by their pay. And while I appreciate um, that. You have to have hard data yeah. to have a study, and one way to do that is to evaluate pay. Um, those kind of things, whether they apply to women or men, drive me crazy. Yeah, why? It's, Come on, why? Because it's just not the full measure of your existence. Exactly. It absolutely does not show how happy you are, what your home life is like, what you feel like you're accomplishing um, within your own four walls, within your community. And so it, it takes what is, you know, the beauty and complexity of human life and knocks it down to a couple numbers. And then we're supposed to think that we understand things right. because of that. Right. And, and, you know, as a, and this one was about women, although certainly there are, um, you know, different studies for every subgroup out there that do the same thing. And as a woman, I was so angry. Like, mm. how dare they? Yeah. How dare they tell me um, that women are more valued here or less valued there um, simply because of the size of their paycheck? But here's the thing. That is how we decide whether a person um, is of worth, is what do they do and how much do they get paid for doing it? So true. And it is so wrong. That's right. But that, that is how, um, and men, men too, that is how we define um, whether we are whether we are um, successful in life, whether we have found our calling, and folks, it's just a day job. I, you know what? I, I am I, a. I had no idea you were going to go off on that. <laughs> but I've been thinking that for years. But see, I think yeah. that's the point of this: is that in in this in this earthly life, in this ball of mud that we're all trying to make meaning. If you don't make the meaning from your essence or your spirit, this sure. deep inner side that our great Alex Patakos was talking about, then you end up making it, I guess, more from the surface. So if you're not doing it from the core, you're doing it right. more from the surface. So all we can make it on and find our identity would be our income, our salaries, our bodies, or even um, even just simply the gender. Like for me, we can. I love to know that I'm a son of God. Right. Not just a man. Sure. So my identity and my gender identity, I guess it is, the mere fact I use the word son, I guess that's that's what delineates my manliness, but of God is really the one that matters the most to me. Right. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, and we could go off on this I forever. know. I knew we could. 
That is a whole other show, Matt. <laughs> book me. Book me for the whole two hours. I think you're already booked. Talk. I think we I think we book you every week forever. <laughs> so but I um well and and you know, for me, so okay, I have this dear friend who um lives out of the country, so I'm sure she's not listening. Um so <laughs> I can, Hurry, go then. She, She's um her husband has you know had decided that that he he had been working a job it paid well it gave him time to be home with the family for them to pursue their passions outside of his career um, which are many which are the most important part of your life right generally right yeah but he he felt like his um his career path wasn't notable enough he didn't love what he did he thought it was fine but it it wasn't exactly what he wanted. And so um, he has spent the past 10 years um, seeking um, and trying to find a way to define himself as far as his career goes that would um, meet his standards and what he perceives to be the standards of others, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as he's been doing that, he hasn't been seeking um, to find what defines him as a person, what defines him as a father, what de- defines him as a husband, what defines him as a member of society outside of, you know, being a cog in in the machine. Right. And I just think that we have been, um, we have been lied to. Hoodwinked. We've, Hoodwinked. Yes. And so, and so, um, and it's very difficult, though, when you've been lied to, when you've been, you know, part of the American public school system, which has so many beautiful benefits, but, but in, in some measure is there, at least in California, we were taught that we were, you know, going to be created to be workers, and what we did that way was um, was how we would benefit society. We were never taught about ourselves as people outside of, again, like this cog in the great machine. Right. And so then to try and operate outside of that system is very, very difficult. It's this paradigm shift. And so what ends up happening is you have all these disillusioned men and women who feel like, well, I don't love what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't love where I am from nine to five. So my life is not what it could have been. And that is just hogwash. I is. mean, you know, you look at the greatest generation, right? Yeah. <laughs> my grandpa didn't love what he did. He was an aerospace engineer. It was interesting. But at the end of the day, they'd give him you know, a tiny play, uh, part of a space shuttle he was supposed to design systems for, and he'd sit at a desk and design the same systems with, you know, slightly different variations. And he did that for 45 years. Oh, wow. So, but when he came home, what he had created within his home yeah. was beautiful. And that is what gave him meaning. And I, I think that, I think we need to get back to that place, but as long as we allow the rhetoric to talk about our worth as being wrapped up in numbers or what fields men and women are going into, then we're going to continue to have this problem of disillusionment and, and, and quite frankly, a feeling of, of being lost. Well, and you isn't that why, people, that's why we're doing it, right? We, because right. we keep trying to fill the hole that is supposedly going to make us feel valuable, and yet we keep filling it with air. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think... Um, but, you know, and this is, again, very American, where we feel like our work is our life. Right. That is, that is a very um, American way to look at things, and, and, and hopefully our life is our work. Yeah. I mean, it's a subtle difference, but it's important, right? Right. And so, um, 
So I, I don't know. Have I been have I been going off too much? I feel very passionately about. Well, this. no, and you know what? By the way, Opa. Opa, oh, and I love. I got to listen into a part of that interview, and it's so great. Isn't I it great? Love, well, see, that's I the passion. You were bringing the P of Opa. <laughs> And the that's connection. All I, that's all I ever want to do, Meg. And the attitude. That's all I ever want to do. Well, I, I think the deal is, Meg, you've got it. And um, again, everyone can have their own, I guess, go find your own meaning. Everyone's meaning will be so sure. different. But that's I guess right. what, what I hear you saying is we, we as a culture are spewing um, a rhetoric that says your meaning should be certain things, your pay. Right. And if pay is not seemingly equal, then you're obviously not valuable. Right. Or um, I guess another one would be, you know, our clothes. I mean, I know sure. my abs are huge for me. <laughs> like, well, how are you doing in Deer Hunter 2014? Why are you laughing? <laughs> when I say my abs, you started laughing. Wait, you said abs. Right? Oh, no, no. My, yeah. My, oh, that's why you're laughing. Okay, yeah. You were laughing because you thought I said my apps. No. Yeah. I said my abs. Oh, yes, those. Not, well, those not those, plural, that. Hold, yeah. Um, but see, that's it. So our body, all these things. And in a way, I worry because, and you tell me, I mean, men, men are into this too, but women really, um, yes. their meaning, I, I think they're complicated because yes. they, they might, they want to be a mom, they want to take care of their baby they want to be that but then they're being torn it seems like by other women even more than even yeah. men to get out there and you know be more than just being a mom sure i mean anyone well, could be know, a mom this just happened okay so on facebook yesterday when this study was published i had a lot of friends that shared it and um there was a lot of outrage over it because where i live um was ranked on one of the worst lists oh really and i thought and I thought, but but ladies, I know the women that live here, and they are happy. Yeah. I mean, there are there are some that aren't, and there's you know some are yeah. happier than others. But um, I've lived a lot of places, and as a whole, now again, it varies from culture to culture. Sure. It varies. Um, that that's all fine. What makes one subgroup of women happy will not make the other one happy, and there needs to be room for that. But but they this study and all the outrage that it elicited um, discredited my personal experience hmm. with the women that it was talking about. Yeah. And I have a huge problem with that. And, you know, one of the commenters um, said, oh, yeah, well, you know, um, my husband teaches um, AP uh, biology, and when he... Um, He'll know girls who are very, very good at, the, you know, take the AP tests are excellent in science, but then they decide to become hairdressers because it means that they can stay home with their kids, and she had a huge problem with that. And, mm. and you know, and I think, I think her problem was more how frustrating it is that there isn't a way for them to pursue that passion and be home with the children in a way that um, would mean that they had a, would be career-oriented. Right. And, and that is something that, that could be addressed sure, in our sure. society. Absolutely. I think that the nine-to-five thing is um, outdated. I, I think that there are ways that we can make uh, mothers working a much uh, easier and, and a better thing for society. I don't disagree with her on that point. Right. But, it, but it did feel like, well, what if that girl really wants to be a mom that is home when her kids get home from school? And what if that is how she is measuring her success? 
It doesn't have to be how I measure my success because I work out of the home two days a week. Right. I have a sitter come in and I go and write and um, you hang out with us. I hang out with you. Collect that huge check. Right. Check, check. Those are all good. And so, um, so, so the girl, the hypothetical girl that someone was talking about, doesn't have the same. the same requirements that I have for happiness, but I am not going to judge her right. for her requirements. Maybe that's and it, I, huh? The judgment of yes, it is the problem. Yes. Right, because, and, you know, just to be clear, <laughs> um, the woman who does my hair is 12 times smarter than I am, runs her own business. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, rolling in it. So, a, I mean, that's chemistry, so maybe yeah. that girl is pursuing her passion for science. But I um. Let me I, just tell I, you, as the oppressive man, my wife does my hair, and I don't pay her. Did your wife really cut your hair? She does a good job. She did it a great like job. You, it she, looks like you get it done by a professional. Yeah, it does, and and she is a professional. I mean, she's the only thing about you that's reputable, so that's good. Well, you haven't seen my new glasses. <laughs> did you get new glasses? Now? Uh-huh. I'm so proud of yeah. you. Do you, you. Do you remember Dame Edna? Yeah, uh, no. Well, look her up. Okay. Those Wait, are the glasses. Was that the guy who dressed up as a girl, the old lady, yeah. and he was a comedian? Yep. Yeah, totally. Oh, were your glasses like that? Uh-huh. Oh, Just to give you a wow. visual. Well, Meg, a nice visual. we love you, and um, of course you carried the whole segment again. So, oh, I talked too much. I'm sorry. I've been seething about that thing I all day. I I'm wish glad. we could talk about it more. No, I'm glad because we just lit the candle, and boom, there you went. <laughs> Piece of cake. You make the easiest radio I do right there. I try to make your life easier, Matt. Now, because you, um, you're on the phone, I guess you're not going to hang around for our last segment. Uh, well, I mean, I could if you think it would work. If it I, doesn't let work, me ask though, James, is that going to work? That James says for sure. James, you're the best. But, he, said, he, but he also said don't mention anything to her about salaries because <laughs> right. that oh. lights her up. I really think that we should have a whole show about that. Well, let's like, do it. It would be super interesting. I can just come on for the last half hour. Why don't you have your people, Meg, have your people call my people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break. We're coming back uh, again. More Meg Conley. Go check out her website, meginprogress.com. I'm sure she's writing about this uh, as soon as she gets home. She's going to have to write it all down. Good stuff. We're taking a break. We're talking meaning of life. When we come back, five moments that made someone's day This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Bon Jovi, one of my favorite songs right there. Welcome, welcome to wherever you are. You know, it's the meaning of life. you got to find your purpose, your meaning in the now. Meg Conley's joining us from Meg in Progress. She's on the line as well. Meg, are you there? I'm there. Okay, Jess is here. Now, we only have like three minutes. But Jess is going to teach. I'm sorry. Well, I know. I think it, what happened is we went really long in that other segment right before this one. Gosh, that guest must have been quite pushy, quite boxy. I know. You know what? She hardly makes any money. (laughs) Not to be rude. (laughs) That was bad. If Meg were here, I would have taken a hit right there. She would have kicked me right in the chops. So Meg, Jess is here, and Jess is going to teach us, um, give us five moments that made someone's day. Yes. Let's hear them. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite because we only have a little bit of time, but there's a... 
This is okay. I'm getting these from KSL. It's called Five Moments That Made Someone's Day by Celeste Rosenloff. Okay, KSL.com. Yes. Yep. Um, and these are just, I just wanted to point out little things that people have done that have Make helped someone else's day yeah. and, and they've gone better. That's great. Um, so the first one is a, a man who was dealing with 16 month battle with esophageal cancer. Okay. And um, he, he was really sore from it, and his wife took time to massage him every day um, through the cramps and everything. Um, she said, aren't you glad you married a massage therapist? And uh-huh. all this with a little smile to her face. Um, but then Cute. he ended up passing away. Oh, no. And so they were able to share that moment. Oh, wow. He was able to see that she, you know, she would serve him yeah. through everything. I thought it was really That sweet. is beautiful. That's a good story. So that's why you got to know your meaning. Yeah. What's another one? Um, so this one was... The neighborhood, um, each morning my neighborhood down the street picks up the newspaper that are in the driveways. Um, there's this man that picks them up and then he walks to work and puts them on the, on. he takes them from the driveway and puts them on the front step. Yeah, so he walks it up so they don't have to come out and get it. Right, which is, what a cute it's old man. so small, but cute. so meaningful. That's great. Yeah. Like um, Meg, Meg brings me treats every time she comes to the show now from here on out. I, I do quite often, and Matt, I'm still waiting for a treat. Where's my meaningful oh. treat? <laughs> you know what? It's a great point. Anyway, back to you, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. One um, more, Jess. Okay, I'll, I'll end with this one. Um, so this is um, – he was having a bad morning – Things um, shouldn't have gone wrong, but they did. Um, he was running late for work and in the middle of a line up at Starbucks drive through um, When he finally got to the window, someone had paid for his. Oh, I love that. I have never had that happen. Haven't but, you? I but have. I have that's you done so it? Sweet. I've done it. You need to do it. Oh, okay. It changes well, okay. you by doing it more than do- having it done. That's beautiful. Here's my problem. I tried to do that the other day in line at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. There was like this mom behind me, a mini van. Oh. Yeah, no. I was like, I'm going to get her order. And so I'm like, okay, I want to pay for the lady behind me. How much was it? And they're like $43. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, man. No, man. Like, yeah. Can I pay for the woman behind the woman behind me? <laughs> <laughs> Can I pay for that single man over there that uh, looks really small because he had gastric bypass surgery? Yeah, I want funny. him. <laughs> that is so sad, Meg. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Stand in line in front of Meg. It'll change your life. Well, Meg, we appreciate you being on the show, and uh, you'll be back here next week. Yeah, I will be in studio next week. In studio, and again, I'll try to have something for you then. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold my breath, Matt. I got to be honest with you. But... Well, no, we'll just, keep, no, we'll grab something out of the vending machine. <laughs> okay, deal. I'm not I'll get That's you some great. skittles. That'll make me happy. Well done, Meg. You're the best. And Jess, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining. Go check out Meg's website, Meg yeah. in Progress. She's the queen. Hey, we're walking you out with this one quote by Wayne Dyer: "Happiness is not something you get in life." Happiness is something that you bring to life, my friends. Meaning of life is what will give you this happiness, the joy that uh, Alex Patakis talked about today. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more fun learning to help you find the good life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.